Welcome everyone to the Take Control of Your Health podcast. This is Dr. Mercola bringing you the latest cutting edge interviews to help you achieve optimal health. You can receive more information by subscribing to my free daily newsletter at Mercola.com. Because you won't find us on Google or Facebook, we respect your privacy and will continue to fight the Silicon Valley censorship. Thank you so much for listening. So let's get started with this week's latest program to help you and your family take control of your health. Welcome everyone. This is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today we're going to talk about an area that's near and dear to my heart, which is EMFs and the challenges that it can that it can cause you biologically and what you can do to remediate that. And we are joined today by Lloyd Burrell, who is, has been an advocate for EMF safety uh, and, and uh, consumer education in this area for many years. So welcome and thank you for joining us today, Lloyd. Thank you, Dr. McCullough. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, so uh, like many people in health, um, you weren't spontaneously motivated to pursue this out of uh, I go, uh, an interest, but you were personally affected, and you are what many uh, people describe as a canary or an EMF uh, hypersensitive individual. So I think it would, and then what, what I'd like you to do is rather than me sharing your story, you could do it much better. So if you can share your experience, what motivated you to go to Absolutely. This and I love to always start with that. So people yeah. and then get what, an idea of why the, why the heck is this guy talking about this? And the reason yeah. is because one day I got a phone call, which changed my life. And I'm sure you've heard this before, uh, but the difference was here i didn't receive any devastating news death in the family or anything like that it was um the device i was using um i started to react to it and of course the device was my cell phone this was in 2002 i remember very clearly the day i remember everything about this um i have a very clear recollection of, of what happened and it just came on like that um one minute fine next minute kind of bizarre um, a kind of altered spatial awareness, slight dizziness, not quite sure what to make of it. And then it became, it went from the bizarre to rather unpleasant burning sensation um, at my ear and then up the side of my face because I was getting these, I was running a rental business at the time. And cell phone was great, you know, because I could work outside, take the calls. So 2002, um, you know, kind of old um, style cell phone. Wasn't a particularly heavy user, uh, been using about four years. And it was all about just kind of uh, making it easier to run my business. So I wasn't really somebody who was spending all day on my cell phone, but I did get quite a lot of calls for in a certain period of the year to make bookings for these rentals. Um, and so, yeah, it went from unpleasant to unbearable literally in a matter of days and i've told this story many times and to quite a few doctors and um you know what i what i like to say is that it got so bad that i actually went to see my doctor <laughs> um, and the doctor was a friend of mine so i followed my wife's advice obviously <laughs> she was saying go see the doctor go see the doctor and i went to see him and he was very sympathetic but he couldn't find anything wrong with me other than I got slightly high blood pressure. 
and he sent me off to do various tests and things. And over this time, um, it just went from bad to worse. He told me to take a week off work, which I did, and we went away with the kids. I was fine, came back the Monday morning, answered my phone, and boom, there it was again. And that's when it began to dawn on me, you know, this thing, oh, it's, uh, it's getting a bit, a bit of a problem here. Um, and not only was I re reacting to my cell phone, I was reacting to my computer. I was reacting to the TV. I was reacting to the radio in the car. I was beginning to react to everything pretty much electrical, even my corded uh, landline phone. I was getting and how, how long ago was this all this happened? This was 2002, so like 17 years ago now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this went on for like two years with the doctor sending me to specialists and different people. And I was basically kidding myself saying, you're all right, Lord, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Living in this state of denial when all the time it was just getting worse and worse. And I got these chronic symptoms, chronic fatigue, pain all over my body, digestion problems. I really was in a bad way. And it was just getting worse. And I tried, you know, he gave me medication and that made me like a zombie. And then one day I read an article in my newspaper, which I got from the UK, because I live in France, in the Daily Telegraph, which is quite a, a high brown newspaper, serious articles. And it was talking about a guy who I've subsequently spoke a few times to, called Brian Stain, who's CEO of a big food group in the UK, who couldn't use his cell phone, couldn't use a computer, was di dictating everything to his secretary, uh, driving around in a battered old car with no electronics and sleeping at night in a room with no electricity. And they gave a name to that, and that was electrical hypersensitivity. But for me, that was like, Eureka, I'm not going crazy, because I literally thought I was going crazy. Because everybody, you know, the people in the white coats, particularly the authority figures, they were telling me, there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, some of them were even ridiculing my story, what I was telling them. Um, so that was a turning point. And that really was when I began to look at this thing called electromagnetic fields, which is not really didn't interest me at all. Um, and I was just really wanting to buy something and that would just fix it and I could just get on with my life. and Take a pill or something. It didn't work like that. Yeah. So, um, did you have any ringing in your ears, otherwise known as tinnitus? I had, I had ear pain. I didn't particularly get uh, tinnitus. Rings? So I kind of okay. deep ear pain, um, hot head. So all burning up the side of my head where I was using the cell phone. Prickly skin all over my body. Uh, that was when I was on the computer. After that, so it started with the cell phone, and it was computer, and then it was everything. Yeah. Okay. So then you became aware of this, you've got your diagnosis and you're, you're, uh, I'm wondering what your next step was and how you uh, evolved into a activist for EMF awareness. Well, I never saw myself as an activist and I don't really, I don't really put that label on me today. Well, um, it was just about an educator. Um, figuring things out for myself yeah. uh, initially. And then as it began to get better, um, and then I, you know, um, so I live in France and I was looking, I was, I'm always, I mean, I love gadgets. This is the funny thing about it. I love gadgets. Um, and obviously I couldn't use this cell phone. So there was a whole lot of things I couldn't do. And I loved uh, the internet. And I was actually, I was a bit pissed off between me and you with the whole thing because I was in possession of this knowledge. And there were people going around, particularly when I was seeing kids small kids putting cell phones to their 
next to their ears, next to their heads. And they're still and doing that. They're still doing it. And it's still <laughs> the thing which really bothers me most. And that's why I just made a video. It cost me $50 uh, to put this website there, Electric Sense, with just a video of me in the front room. And I was just letting off steam. And that's how it started. So your website is Electric Sense. And how long ago did you start that? I started the website in 2009, the end of 2009. It was like Christmas time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, it was immediately, I mean, it was very amateurish at the time. And I'm not trying to be corporate or anything. I never have, you know, I've just tried to um, share the truth, really. And it was about, yeah, it was about letting off steam. I did this video. And immediately it, it's, it, it caught people's attention. And I started uh, getting a lot of interaction on it. And it just grew from there. And it grew into this mission of raising awareness and sharing solutions so that we became, because I realized after a time, I can't be this guy going on and on about the problem. I need to share the solutions. Uh, and that, that's how it all started. Yeah, and you've played a very important role. Uh, you're somewhat, in, in some ways, a consumer reports for some of the strategies that people can incorporate. Now, one of the most important ones being the meters that they can use because EMFs, as we know, are invisible except to people like yourself who have some biologically noticeable symptoms. But for the most part, the general population doesn't notice it. It's essentially invisible. So the way to help them understand the, their exposures is through the meters. And that can be, that's a very complex process. And you've done some really great videos and help in identifying and explaining the different options out there. Thank you. Yeah, so I've done quite a few videos. And just to be clear, I no longer have the debilitating symptoms. So okay. I'm able to live a normal life. I don't have well, a self let, let me just yeah. refine that, because typically in my experience with people's VMF, they, they, you, you're, I'm glad that you don't have any symptoms, but you still, if you get into an exposure, you would notice something, wouldn't you, typically? Or is the, you don't even notice it anymore? It depends. So if I'm particularly fatigued, so, you know, the real thing with me was not being able to travel, because both mm -hmm. myself and my wife, we like to travel. Um, and we couldn't go, we like to go you know, to the States, for instance, uh, over the Atlantic um, and different places. And we, that was just not possible. Um, and I can now. Um, and, but yeah, for instance, so basically no symptoms at all. But if I'm very fatigued, for instance, the return flight, when I get home um, and you've had the holiday, maybe if you have excesses rich food and drinks and whatnot, um, and that's, yeah, if, if there's any time I'm going to feel it, that is when I'm going to feel it. But I've noticed over the years, even that, you know, long haul flights went to Thailand at the beginning of this year, which is like 20 hour flights, uh, 20 hours of flights, something like that. Um, even the return there, very, very little symptoms. Oh, good. So, uh, so that was sort of a tangent. But anyway, you, you, the uh, point was that you have done these videos and evaluating different products that people can use to identify the EMFs and then some other strategies. So maybe you can expand on that. And, and, then, and then also talk about the new book that you've come, come out. That, that yeah. So, so, the, so my approach can be summarized as follows. Understand first, understand what these exposures are. And that's what these interviews are about that you do, uh, interviews that I do, my podcast. I've been doing a podcast for about five years. Um, 
So that's understanding it, and it's not something you can learn in five minutes. It takes a bit of time. It's not that hard either. You don't have to understand everything, but you have to be a bit curious. So mm -hmm. first thing is understand. Second thing is to measure. And this is the thing which I thought, like many people, like I said, I just want to buy that gadget, that gizmo, which would make it all okay, and I wouldn't feel it anymore. And I never found that. Um, and then I eventually went and bought a meter um, because I'm a bit of a cheapskate. I bought the cheapest meter I could find, basically, which was just worthless. And that led me down a garden path for, you know, six months or a year, whatever. And then I bought, uh, actually, it was the acoustic meter, which I still have today. I love that meter. It's quite a big meter, but it's a great meter. Um, yeah, it's actually, I just was at an event this last weekend where Magda Havis spoke again, and she's the one who introduced me to that meter three years ago, and it still is my favorite because it's so, in, it's inexpensive, and it's just, a, a, provides you great feedback. I, I travel with it everywhere I go. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the, the meters are super important, uh, so being able to measure, and when you first hear this, so I'm not saying going out and buy a meter today. But at some point, you need to get a meter, possibly meters, two meters, usually with two meters, because now you've got a lot of them that are multifunction. Um, and so perhaps I'll just give a very brief overview for people who don't know this topic at all, but we're really interested in four categories of EMFs, radio frequency radiation, magnetic fields, electric fields, and dirty electricity. And all that's on this thing we call the electromagnetic spectrum, which is just a way of understanding um, where these frequencies are, we understand it in terms of frequency and yeah. wavelength, principally. Yeah, it, it really is three fields. It's the, the dirty electricity is a subset of, of electrical fields. It is. So yeah. they're intermediate frequencies. They're um, between, in terms of the frequencies, we're between the radio frequency radiation and the lower power frequencies. When we say power, we mean like the 60 hertz if you're in the US, the 50 hertz uh, if you're in Europe, um, and they're in the kilohertz range. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of jargon. It's really rather confusing when yeah. you first hear all this. And so I've got, you know, I've said this over and over, so I've, I've got my head around it now. Um, but don't worry about that. And just understand that you need to spend time to understand these things as the four categories. You need to measure those four categories at some point. It doesn't mean today, but at some point you need to buy a reasonably accurate meter. We've got these meters now, which are like, you know, between $150, $200, uh, which it can be a lot for some people, but it's just think of it as an investment. Um, and then the next, so that when you've got the meters is, you know, why do you want these meters? Because you want to figure out what the hotspots are in your home you know, in the places where you spend time, and particularly in the bedroom. Um, that's the most important room, which we can talk about afterwards if you want. But um, the, um, and then thirdly is to uh, shield in some uh, shape or form, or mitigate, should I say, mitigate. And the mitigate, the mitigations, and when we say mitigation, we mean reduce those exposures uh, if they are high. So you take the readings, high, yes, no, what's high? That's another story because we have no safe readings. This is, you know, EMFs is a bit different to a lot of things. And uh, because we're in this, because we're subtle energy beings, and because we don't really understand everything and we're beginning to understand more and more, um, but there's a lot of things I feel which we, we still don't understand. 
and which science is trying to explain. Um, so yeah, so um, in terms of the mitigation, we, we don't have a safe level, but we're trying to get to um, what I call benchmark levels. So I've talked about this in the book and there's just certain uh, readings for those four categories. Um, and it's not as if when you uh, achieve those readings, that it's safe. There's no safe, not safe. There's just get it as low as you can. And if you're at those readings, that's a way lot safer than higher readings. That's, that's all we can say. And this mitigation, so it takes, there's, there's three uh, aspects to that. Firstly, you can just turn the thing off. If you can, turn the thing off. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't know, it's... Um, it's your a, cell phone, your router. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah the, that's it. Yeah, obviously, yeah, the, 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 the uh, modem router, turn that off, which is, well, yeah, but why would you turn it off if you want to use it? Well, turn it off at night. And then you, there'll be certain devices in your home which will cr create, for instance, uh, radio frequency radiation because we have these smart devices now in our homes. We're not always aware of that. Uh, you won't be aware of it until you get the meter and then you'll go, oh, wow. Yeah, my dishwasher <laughs> gives off radio frequency radiation. You know, my washing machine, that gives off radio frequency and so on and so forth. There's so many devices because we're moving into this smart world, this 5G world, Internet of Things world. So turn it off if you can, that's the first thing. Second thing is if you can't turn it off and you can't always turn everything off, then increase the distance between you and the device. And when you increase the distance and that reduces your exposure levels. And thirdly, 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 lastly, only as a last resort, last resort when nothing else works, then you shield. And that is the, a lot of people are sort of, uh, they get the meter, or they get, or they see the, they don't even get the meter. They see the cell phone, phone tower outside the door, and it's oh my god! Or the smart meter, okay, which is another thing, with, which is a utility meter, which intelligently sends information back uh, to the utility company, which pollutes uh, EMF wise also. Uh, so they see the smart meter, they see the cell tower. Oh my god! I've got to shield, and they go out and buy some shielding material and. Probably, if they don't have a meter, you'll make it worse. So do not do that, please. <laughs> um, and those are the three steps. So three steps, understand, measure, uh, mitigate, and then on the mitigation, turn off, increase distance, and shield only as a last resort. And that, in a nutshell, is the whole thing, my approach to dealing with um, these electromagnetic fields, these non-natural um, frequencies, this pollution which is impacting all of us. So uh, you mentioned earlier the fondness for gadgets, and then obviously you're um, helping people understand how to mitigate. So I'm wondering if you could uh, give us your view of many of the devices on the market that uh, purportedly reduce your ex uh, biological effects or impacts from exposure to this radiation. Uh, these would be uh, little devices or yeah. shields that oh. you put on there. The, essentially, and, and you know, my, my view is that uh, I think they're dangerous because they clearly do not shield you from the radiation. And they give you, in many cases, a false sense of security. Although they may be effective at alleviating the symptoms, they, they certainly don't address the biological damage. So they may, give, us yeah. your, give us your take on those. 
Yes, so they may be effective, and some of them are effective, so there's the scams, um, and then there's the not scams, the people that are genuinely developing devices that work in this subtle energy realm, perhaps in the quantum realm. Um, and some of these devices work to a certain extent. My view is that all that's all fine and dandy, but what you need to do is do this foundational, fundamental, what I call rigorous EMF protection, this, what I've laid out to you, do that first. And I know the temptation is just to go out buy the gadget, the harmonizer, the neutralizer, the resonator, whatever it is called. Um, <laughs> and they will have, you know, a lot of these now have got science, some science, maybe a big word to use there, but they've got studies. Um, and um, so are they genuine studies? You know, are they just like trying to sell a thing or are they really done a study um, and they're trying to show, you know, the, the pros and cons? Um, that that we don't you know it's difficult to know um so my view is do the rigorous stuff do the classic rigorous protection and then if you want to add this stuff into the mix okay and the the thing is when you go on these websites and you look and they're explaining how it does this this and this yeah maybe it does do that maybe uh, you know uh, under uh, a microscope that you can see in an improvement in live blood cells and different things. Um, but I know of no device which fixes, which protects you from all the adverse biological effects, which there are so many, as you know, there are so many, you know, at a cellular level, um, the DNA, uh, the mitochondria, um, these, you know, thousands of studies which we've got on this, on these many, many different ways the EMFs impact our bodies, there is no device which protects you from all of that. Yeah. So one of the uh, sections of your book, you discuss some of the myths in this area, and uh, you attempted to bust those myths. And one of them is that people, the vast majority of the public does not believe that there is evidence that they cause, that EMF exposure can cause biological damage. So why don't you address that one? I can understand them, frankly, because, um, I mean, it's like there's so much in the news, there's so much going on. Why is EMFs, why are EMFs important? You know, what's the big deal? Um, but there is a big deal because this thing is just getting out of control. Um, we've got 5G, which is on the horizon, which is already, you know, in some parts of the US, which is already a reality. Uh, a beginning of reality in any case. Um, and, you know, the, we're told by industry pundits <laughs> that these exposures are safe and, you know, this whole ionizing, non-ionizing thing, uh, which that confuses people too, but they just, we're, we're fed, you know, in the media and so on, the newspapers and the TV and, and on the internet, and, you know what's happening with the internet it's getting crazy you know what google's doing um it's so people are not getting reliable information and i mean who reads the studies in any case that's the problem um and i wouldn't have gone and read the studies if it hadn't have happened to me so what can i say well i can say that there are thousands of studies on this um going back to like the 1880s 
uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, centuries <laughs> almost. Um, you know, uh, Darsonville and Nikola Tesla, uh, 1891, they did a study. Uh, they found that um, uh, EMF exposures led to um, impacted uh, respiration, perspiration, and uh, body weight. And this is, these studies have been going on. Uh, the Soviets did a lot of studies, particularly on the wireless uh, from the 1930s, and they were really looking at the subtle energy aspect. But we don't really see those because they're not in English. Um, and then more recently, we have um, the Bioinitiative Report, published in 2007, which was just great. Um, resume brought together uh, in about 600 pages uh, a lot of the good peer-reviewed research on the 2000 studies that were uh, available at that time and this they've continued updating it there was an update in 2012 which reviewed the 1800 studies between 2007 2012 um we've got studies big studies um like the uh, WTR study, which came out in the 1990s, uh, wireless um, technology, um, I forget what it is, WTR, anyway, head, headed by uh, Dr. George Carlo, and the whole thing was put on to, it was funded by the cell phone industry to show that these, these exposures were safe. Unfortunately, <laughs> things didn't work out how they planned, and he came to exactly just the opposite uh, conclusion. The Interphone study, 2010, um 25 million dollar study you know these are not little studies these are big studies not always that well thought out a lot of shenanigans often going on behind the scenes because they don't when the studies come to be uh, published the cell phone industry doesn't want the truth to come out and this was notably the case with the national toxicology program study which is like the reference at the moment because it's a federal study 30 million dollars and they exposed rats to cell phone radiation and the rats were getting uh, gliomas particularly deadly form of brain tumor and they were getting uh, schwannomas a uh, form of heart tumor yeah and that, so, was only, that was only 2g and 3g it wasn't 4g or 5g exactly exactly so this is, um, and the um, head researcher came out saying, well, clear evidence of cancer. Did you hear this, you know, in your, on your news program at night? Did you see this on the internet, particularly? You know, uh, did you read about it anywhere? Did anybody tell you about it? No, um, a lot of people aren't aware. Um, and this, by the way, was followed up. Um, the uh, Ramazzini Institute, they replicate the study just to make sure, you know, and they came to basically the same uh, conclusions. So there well, is- the, and, and the head of the NTP study who made that claim and, and uh, definitively said that it caused cancer was promptly removed as the head of the study and replaced with someone else. Yes, yes. And we've seen that time and time again. Um, the 1950s, Milton Zarat, and he was studying the radar operators who were getting cataracts on their eyes. Studies, the funding, uh, taken away from him. Um, Henry Lai, the brilliant work that he was doing um, on the children, how they had been impacted, how children are way more vulnerable than adults to these exposures, um, got his funding taken away and, and it just carries on. And this is just so shady 
And I know you talked about it in your book, and um, that's, yeah, I mean, it needs to be talked about. People need to know why they're not being told the truth on this, because the, the most concerning thing is, is for our kids. Uh, that is what concerns me the most. Um, uh, they're just completely the victims in all of this, um, and yeah, we need to protect them. Yeah, and then you had mentioned some statistics how the exposure to a cell phone uh, by 30 minutes a day, which in my view uh, is probably in the under 10% of people are using it that infrequently. I mean, it's, most people are hours and hours a day, but just exposure to 30 minutes can increase your risk for brain tumor by 40%. Correct. So you're talking to about the interphone study? Yes. Um, so the way they published that was 1,640 hours over 10 years, and you work that out, 30 minutes a day, which is nothing. Um, and, uh, and this was the phones of the time also. Um, Not 4G or 5G. <laughs> no, no. And again, we don't really, again, there's, there's, we know a lot about the dangers, but we don't know everything. And there's this whole thing about the power and, you know, quietly, quietly behind the scenes, the cell phone industry are making their phones less powerful. But they're always going on about the power as if it's like the thing, the important thing to understand. But it's not. It's, it's, um, it's what I call the complexity of the radiation uh, because I'm not a scientist and that kind of encapsulates it. But it's about, yeah, it's, it's about the modulation. It's about these, this mix of frequencies and the modulation is this, um, so you've got like a cell phone is a, like a, there's a carrier frequency, which is depends where you are, but it's, uh, one giga, uh, 900 megahertz or something or 1.8 uh, gigahertz. And then you've got this modulation, this superimposing, uh, this rhythmic, um, chopping of the frequency, which is how they put on the data. And that is just, um, totally unnatural. Um, and it's all evolving all the time. And uh, so um, most people have got probably 3G phones or 4G phones that are listening to this. Uh, we're going to, towards 4G, LTE, uh, and 5G. And um, we don't really know, that's the truth, is we don't really know. But what we do know is that we have, it's another layer. It's another layer of exposures. It's increasing the, the density of this electro smog, uh, which you can't feel which you can't see, touch, taste, which most people are unaware of, it is nevertheless there. And this is the key thing, right? This is the key thing which I want people to understand. Is it's not because you can't feel it that it's not impacting you. And this is what the studies are saying. And it's everybody is impacted by these frequencies. And there's an easy way to remember this, hurts, hurts, okay? So hurts, H-E-R-T-Z, Hertz, H-U-R-T-S, not always, because we can use these frequencies in positive ways also, but generally speaking, these unnatural frequencies in Hertz, they hurt us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to commend you too. Uh, you mentioned that you're not a professional and you don't have any necessarily scientific training, but you do really magnificent job of breaking down the uh, frequently difficult to understand components of this and, and expressing it in a language that people can understand. That's exactly what you've done in your book too. It was re it's really easy to read and it, yet it communicates very effectively 
uh, some of the, the challenges and even more importantly, some of the solutions. So thank you for doing that. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, saying that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it was a labor of love. And uh, I know you've got a book coming out soon also, mm -hmm. which is excellent, quite different. We have, I think, um, a lot of, there's a lot of common points in our view on this. Um, but uh, really, the two are just wonderful. You know, really yeah, they comp they comp the, our books complement each other, um, and uh, it and reinforce each other, of course, because we're both talking about the same thing. But I'm wondering if you could give us your take on uh, this 5G, especially in light of the news that many people probably haven't heard of. I'm sure you have. Is that Tesla just uh, in their uh, company? No, actually, not Tesla. SpaceX. They obviously Musk owns both of those but SpaceX submitted a petition to the international uh, association to get to uh, get permission to launch another 30,000 satellites which would put it up to 42,000 satellites they just launched 60 the week before this this our interview and so this is a 5G network. It's called Starlink. It's in low Earth orbit, and it's going to only be a few hundred miles, as opposed to 20,000 or 12,000 miles above the, above the Earth, and has low latency. So there's some, some pretty strong financial incentives for many companies to use this. But it's, the bottom line is, it's going to spread more 5G. So what, why don't you discuss your concerns about 5G, and then the then specifically the Starlink network that uh, SpaceX is putting up. So the so 5G. What's 5G? It's a whole load of things. It's a label we're kind of sticking on uh, to. It's we kind of move. We're we're evolving into uh, something a lot worse. That's what I can say. And because with 5G, we've got more 4G LTE also, which is kind of um, where they're developing the four. As I understand it, the 4G LTE to get into the 5G. The problem with the the true 5G. So so 5G, where they're wanting to go is the millimeter waves, okay, the MMW, and that just, what that means is, so we have, you might, I mean, it might sound weird, but we're actually getting to a point of saturation where um, the existing frequency bands, we can't fit any more on. Um, and so they are moving up uh, this, uh, the, 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 the frequency band into higher frequencies. So what we were saying before, the, uh, cell phones are operating typically at the moment between one to two gigahertz. Well, we're looking um, phase one, sub, uh, so below six gigahertz, and phase two, depends where you live, but let's just keep it simple, okay? Above six gigahertz. And uh, notably in the US, it would appear that we're, phase two would be above the 20 uh, gigahertz. And um, I think the thing is, you know, why is this happening? That's the first thing we have to understand is, you know, why, why is this happening? Well, the reason it's happening is because the cell phone industry wants to make more money. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. There you go. The bottom line is the money. Okay. Yeah, um, just interject here shortly, short for a bit and give my perspective because many people, if you were online in, in before 2000, you were online in the internet with a wire. You were not using wireless. There's nothing wrong with the internet. The problem is it's connecting wirelessly. So just like with 5G, we have the capacity to give this extra bandwidth by using fiber optic cable, but they're not doing that. They want to do it wirelessly because of what you just said. They want to make more money. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
and they're doing this they know so you don't know the studies folks okay well that's that i understand but they know the they know the studies they know the science and they this is all deliberate make no mistake it's deliberate they're blatant liars the people behind this just, uh, like, the tobacco, just like the tobacco industry before them exactly yeah and what big farmers doing too and it's a business okay uh, and i was uh, in an interview i did recently with harrison barrett it goes you know the, te the telecom people they're not your mama okay they are not your mama they're not looking after <laughs> you they're looking at number one okay dollars and cents um so and so how are they achieving this because to do this you know, 42,000, I learned that only a few days ago through Susan Clark, who I interviewed, who's doing amazing work. Uh, 42,000 satellites now in space. This costs a lot of money. And how are they going to finance this? Well, they're going to finance it through the selling it to everybody, seeing how great it is, that it's going to be faster, it's going to be bigger and better. And you're going to be able to download a Hollywood movie at the blink of an eye. We're talking possibly 10 to 100 times faster than uh, existing um technology the the, the 4g that went uh, before it um okay but do we really need it and and if we do even if we do really need it if we really understand the science that we have already given that okay we don't know exactly about the this 5g and the millimeter waves particularly what that's going to do although we have some science i can talk about that a little bit um but really you just re when you know when you've looked at the science even you know you don't have to do a thesis on it just overlook it it is just absolutely smack bang plain in your face obvious that for our health and the health of the planet the ecosystem everything plants insects everything it is big time bad news and particularly the, the satellites in space that is really bad news um, because, yeah, again, we're back to the subtle energy thing. And that's how I, you know, because I'm a very sensitive person, I feel energies. Um, and, you know, I really feel my connection with the earth. And I don't particularly feel it with the cosmos, but I know it's there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think few people are aware of this. And um, it is wrong and it needs to be stopped. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, unfortunately, I don't think that's likely to happen. Uh, they've, you know, there isn't that, that. That is one. Unlike the tobacco industry, which we were eventually able to stop, but that was after almost fifty years. Uh, and unlike the tobacco industry, they have the full support of the federal regulatory agencies, and uh, you know they, that makes it even more challenging because the, these public health authorities and the federal regulatory agencies, they believe that, that they believe they promote that it's safe. So it's going to take a lot to overcome it. And there's going to be a lot of people dead in the streets before they start to wake up and realize this is damaging. Yes. And what I want to say to people is because there's a lot of fear attached to this whole thing when you, so, you know, you've got two camps, you've got one the like couldn't care less, which is most of the population. And then you've got them, the people, which are usually those people that have been impacted by these technologies, or people like yourself who studied it, you know, who are, I mean, there's not many like yourself, unfortunately, but, you know, studied it to this degree and understand it to this degree. There's not that many people, but uh, so it tends to be more people that have been impacted by it. Um, and really, it's two extremes. 
And for those people that have been impacted or understand it through their uh, research, then it is a lot of these people are living in a state of fear. I'm not saying you are, but there is a lot of fear attached to this whole thing, uh, which is very bad news also. Um, and I'm not in a state of fear about it. Um, I believe that we can um, overcome this. It is a challenge. It's an opportunity. This whole thing, the 5G is an opportunity. And um, maybe it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. But it's going to get better, I'm sure. And I don't think we're going to be 50 years because it's a different world. You know, things just happen so much quickly, more quickly now. And, uh, you know, I just think the whole, the consciousness, you know, the human consciousness sure. is changing. And um, things are, I, I'm very positive about this. And I believe that the most pessimistic scenarios will not come to pass. So let's, let's shift to uh, a concept that I like to discuss, which is hormesis, which is essentially whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And the, the reason I like that concept is that if we apply some of these principles, which I want to talk about next with you, uh, to, to shield ourselves and to lower our exposures and we leave a, live, live a healthy lifestyle, that when we go out into the public where we're unable to avoid these exposures, that actually these ex these exposures can be a hormetic stressor that will impact our system so that we actually become stronger as a result of it, very similar to the way that you exercise, because exercise acutely causes damage to your body, but that damage makes you healthier. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can comment on that, and then we can go uh, on. I'm not sure I share that view. Oh, really? uh, what I can okay. say personally, uh, so the damage that... So perhaps I like you. Yeah, I'd like to believe that, but I've, there's nothing I'm seeing that's or experiencing, um, or no nobody I've spoken to, or you know um, anything I've heard or any information I have which is leading me to believe that these exposures that our body is somehow getting stronger and that somehow these exposures are a good thing for our body that I that I've not seen. So yeah, uh, I, yeah I haven't seen it either, but it's just a biological premise and it, and it some, makes somewhat sense. And I don't know that anyone has ever looked at it, but uh, it is, it actually is a hopeful thought to hang on to because really we don't have a choice. There is no one who's going to be able to avoid this. I mean, it's going to be over the entire planet. So, it is. you know, it and, is. In my, in my let's of health and biology is, is it, that is a basic principle in health is, is this hormetic stressor effect. And I, I tend to, I believe that that is going to be true for EMFs at some point when it's studied. Perhaps. But in any case, um, let's just take a deep breath, everybody. Yeah. And there are so many things we can do. And that's what I've tried to do in my book is lay out all those many, many things. Many of them are free. They do take a bit of effort. Okay. Um, but uh, some of them are quite simple and Others are quite easy, and some of them are both. And others, you do have to spend a bit of money, okay? But there's just so many things you can do. And it doesn't necessarily remember what I was saying at the beginning there, you know, the shielding, always the last resort. And you're getting the meters, and you're doing that, and you're getting the measurement, and you're understanding what your exposures are. And it's like, this is not something you fix uh, in a heartbeat. You know, it takes time. Um, maybe you're going to get in. A professional like a building biologist for instance 
or an EMF consultant who's through recommendation, not necessarily building biology, but there's a lot of great people out there doing amazing work. People that want to help are going into this profession. That's what I'm noticing. I spoke to a lot of these people that are doing this work and they're really amazing people. People that lives have been impacted by this also um, that are, have understood and um, are, are trying, to, you know, trying to do the right thing and help people. And what my experience is, is that by doing, um, by maybe you don't have to do everything that's in my book or everything that's in your book um, in terms of EMF protection, but by doing like just ticking it off, you know, going at it like not even a day at a time, but a week at a time, or maybe, you know, okay, I got to buy a meter, I don't have the money this month, I'll get it next month. Um, and um, bit by bit, you will create this sanctuary. And again, the most important thing is you're sleeping where you sleep, uh, your bedroom, create this sleeping sanctuary. That is the most important thing. Um, because, you know, it's not like eight hours in your bedroom is equal to eight hours during the day. There's a whole load of bodily processes, rejuvenate, rejuvenation, regeneration, cellular processes, hormonal processes, uh, which are going on when you sleep. And this time is just, just so important. Um, and so that's what you need to do is, is create that sleep sanctuary uh, in your bedroom. And doing all this, making all these little changes over time, over time, over time, baby steps, folks, then you will, you will increase your resilience. And that's my experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, um, I've, it's, it's been transformational for me. And it's not just that EMF stuff, but that is the foundation. Mm -hmm. okay? There's other stuff as well, um, like energy stuff, if you want, um, which I don't talk about in the book. That will be another book. Um, but if that is the foundation, already do that. It's the science. I wanted to talk about the science. The science is there. There are scientific ways of dealing with it. Deal with it. You will, in, you will increase your resilience. And it's not just about EMFs anyway, is it? You know? I mean, here we are gabbling on about EMFs, but it's not. Everything is not. It's not all about EMFs. Uh, there's so many other things which are important for health, as you well know. Uh, you've written so many books um, and you know you, you deal with all the aspects uh, on your on your website um, and but it's this notion that EMF should be at the center of this holistic approach to health that's what I want people to understand why because because we're these subtle energy beings you know Tesla said if you want to understand the secrets of the universe think in terms of frequency energy and vibration and we're not nobody's talking about that and we need to we need to everything is a question of frequency energy and vibration and that's what people need to take on board and that might seem a bit like pie in the sky doesn't matter just let Lloyd say have his <laughs> say his piece um, and yeah and, 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 and do the concrete step all those many many little concrete steps that you can take to improve your resilience uh, to these, these exposures and, you, and it, it's diminishing as much as possible. And for some people it's easier than others. And I, I have been fortunate in that, um, so before I had this job till like two, which was my own business, um, till 2013, then I stopped that. And so I was able to create this lifestyle which enabled me really to 
you know, clamp down on these exposures. Um, and so I do go out, you know, into the world and stuff and like everybody. Um, but this is the super important thing, which is uh, everybody can't do that, I know. But everybody doesn't need to. So you can still, you know, you go out and you do your job and you, you use a cell phone if you have to, but do all these things and boy, you know, will your body thank you for it. Yeah, so let, let's talk about some of those things specifically, like creating a sanctuary in your bedroom to give your body the opportunity to repair, re regenerate and heal at night when it's supposed to. So one of the strategies I, I like is to shut off the electricity in the bedroom. And you can do that manually by shutting off your circuit breakers. And after having identified the correct ones, or you can get a, a automated devices that can do it for you that make it a lot easier, like that emfkillswitch.com that can do that. So, uh, so maybe you can expand on that and some of the other recommendations, because I couldn't agree with you more. I think the primary focus, other than switching off or your wire, wire, or your Wi-Fi router, and only going to wired, and minimizing your use of the cell phone. Those are the three big things that almost everyone needs to focus on to radically improve their health and decrease their likelihood of developing chronic degenerative diseases as a result of these exposures. Exactly, which um, which the studies indicate. You know that a lot of these chronic diseases. And this is hypothetical, we can't prove this, but it's like, <laughs> there's a pretty strong <laughs> correlation, right? And it's not, okay, correlation, not causation. But um, hmm. when you look at the facts and you like line them up together, it's, it gets you thinking. Um, so, and, and, all, so, and all that, again, is to say, I'm not trying to, you know, put the fear of God up you, so to speak. I'm just trying to make you understand how important this is and that you need to take action and as you say those three things you mentioned that is important but the bedroom um so the bedroom i've said why it's important in terms of your because it's all down to your cells really that's what's going on this um and this cell the, the, what's going on at a cellular level and even what's going on at a subcellular level yeah that's really what's important we're back to this energy frequency vibration thing again um, and so in the bedroom, well, we're thinking about those four exposures, aren't we? Which we talked about at the beginning, uh, the radio frequency, radio expo uh, exposures. So that means everything uh, like cell phones, uh, Wi-Fi, um, all those smart devices and things. Because remember folks, smart is not smart. Um, whatever's uh, coming off your electrical wiring, because that's the other thing a lot of people don't understand is that Romex plastic wiring, which you have in your walls, which most people have in the walls, which I have in my walls, the electricity does not stay in that wire. It permeates out that electricity, that those fields permeate out electric fields, magnetic fields, and also this dirty electricity, another form of electric field, as you say, uh, permeates out into the room and into you. And it does this when you're asleep, particularly, it does it all day long. And you know, your body is rather an amazing thing. Um, in fact, when I think back to, you know, the person I was and how it all happened, you know, my doctor actually said to me, it's stress. And I kind of laughed and I said, it's not stress, but it kind of was. <laughs> uh, because it wasn't the kind of stress where, because they, before I used to be what we call a chartered accountant, which is like an ACA, uh, which is like um, a CPA, a big problem in the States. And that was a, 
very uh, stressful time in my life um, qualifying to do that with the overtime and the studies. I wasn't a particularly gifted student and I was putting in all hours and, and you know, I had a kind of a, a, an accumulated stress uh, going on um, and I realized that afterwards. Um, but at the time it all happened in 2002, it was like everything was just going great. But already the damage had been done. And as I say, our bodies are amazing things. But if you can get the bedroom right, then this is like just win-win. And um, so you can cut off the electricity at the breaker switch. I don't particularly advise doing that just like willy-nilly. It's not difficult to do. You might not know where your breaker panel is, uh, even in your house, and you might not know what circuit is, but you can figure it out just by switching things on and off. It's not gonna electrocute you, okay? Um, the problem is if we do that, we don't have a meter, we might be creating uh, actually a higher electric field um, on another circuit which is impacting you. So the actual, your uh, body voltage or your ele the ambient electric fields will be higher than they would have been otherwise. And that's why I'm, that recommendation, I don't like giving that blanket recommendation. I like to say to people, measure first in some shape or form, either with a body voltage meter or with the um, with an electric field meter. Um, and so that's the first thing, measuring those. Uh, so we, if, if you can eliminate that, those fields, and that is, does you a huge favor because no magnetic fields, no electric fields, no dirty electricity, boom, all gone, all at once. Um, and then the other thing is the radio frequency radiation exposures. And if you have them, uh, and how would you know? You would measure them. And if you can't measure them, you get somebody in who can. Um, and you, again, you might not be doing this today, you might not be doing it tomorrow, but at some point, folks, you need to do this. Um, and um, you get the readings, and then you decide what action you're gonna take. The readings are high or on the low side near these benchmark readings which for me, if you're into this, about 0 0.02 volts per meter. That's what I like to aim for. If you can get lower, great, but already, if you can get it to around that, it's not bad at all. Um, and how can you get it to that? By, firstly, um, switching off those devices. Remember what I said, those three things. So turn off, increase distance, where you can't really increase distance, unless you can increase the distance of the device, which like the Wi-Fi router. Or best thing is to switch it off at night, put it on a $10 timer thing, and it'll go off, boom, every night. Um, and, uh, and there is a more sophisticated way of, of doing this now, uh, uh, more sophisticated technology which can do this. Um, uh, I can talk about that also. But um, so yeah, to deal with these radio frequencies, so turn it off if you can, increase distance if you can, and then if you can't do any of that, then we are down to the shielding. And, um, the shielding again, again, and again. We only shield when we have a meter because we can make things worse. So we measure, shield, measure. The golden rule, measure, shield, measure. You don't just go out and slap some shielding paint on your wall and hope for the best, okay? No. Um, and ideally you're looking for a Faraday cage effect, possibly, not always. Um, so there's, there's two ways of dealing with this in your bedroom, the radio frequency radiation. There's the canopies, what we call the Faraday canopies, and it's like a sealed enclosure, it's like a net, like a mosquito net. And instead of protecting from mosquitoes, it protects you from these frequencies. And there's different qualities and 
different uh, um, manufacturers are uh, they're trying to bring out the um, the shield the Faraday canopies, which are shielding now from these higher frequencies, which uh, the 5G is going to be using, for instance. So you can either have this the Faraday canopy, and if you and that's easy because you just buy the canopy and you you know you hang it from your ceiling and you're getting i've done a video on this um and there's many canopies out there as i say um it's a bit of an investment usually about a thousand dollars um so that's one solution the other solution is the to shield the room and that may be whole room shielding it may not and how do you know your meter tells you and usually you will be uh, starting out by Ideally, determining where that most of that radio frequency radiation is coming from, shielding that wall. Are you happy? Yes, no. Shield another wall, keep going, ceiling, floor, possibly shield the whole thing, enclosure. Do I like that? Not particularly, because you're, I'm, you know, I'm very wary of anything which is not natural. And that's why I say, because this, you know, Mother Nature has this wisdom which we cannot begin to comprehend. And so we think we're doing the right thing by shielding. But for me, then we're kind of, okay, you might be solving one problem, but creating another. And that is my personal view. Everybody doesn't agree with me on that, but that's my personal view on this. Yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate you sharing that. So any, any other, we're getting close to the point where we have to sign off, but any other pearls that you'd like to share with us with respect to remaining in your bedroom or just limiting your exposure in your sanctuary? Again, the most important thing is the bedroom. Um, I would say for most people listening, uh, you know, get a grip on your cell phone, so to speak. Uh, start asking yourself questions. Lead by example. If you've got kids, you know, don't be that parent who's telling them off because they're doing this, this, and this uh, on the cell phone all day. So, no, no, no. What are you doing? You know, okay, it's for work. Okay, but that doesn't make it any better. It's still, you know, the, the, the exposures are still there. So lead by example. Um, and uh, for some people, that's going to be incredibly difficult, I know. Uh, but this is, for most people, this is a very significant exposure. Um, and so that's something you want to really be looking at. And there's all kinds of solutions for this with apps for redirection. So you're not getting, uh, you're not having to use your cell phone. You can get the uh, SMSs coming in um, on your email, for instance, um, and using um, cell phone cases. Because most cell phone cases actually don't do you any favors at all. They make the cell phone work harder. And you want, uh, you want like a, a good, uh, Low EMF cell phone okay. case, which redirects. Yeah, well, and if I can just comment on that, the, the, the best use of a case is to make sure your phone doesn't break when you drop it. So yeah. not to shield it. Yeah. Basically, turn it in airplane mode most of the time. And then, even in, when it's in airplane mode, you put it in a Faraday bag, which you could pick up on Amazon for about $5, that, that essentially limits any radiation coming from that phone. Exactly. And you know, even I've done tests with like biscuit tins, just a little tin. You have that at home, doesn't cost you anything then. Mm -hmm. um, and you put yourself on, and I've done tests with my meters, I'm getting no signal on it. Yeah, yeah, that's a Faraday cage. It's a totally Faraday cage. Total Faraday cage. And you're absolutely right, the, cell the uh, airplane mode is super, super important 
And I say, don't upset, this is it. So don't obsess about the MFs. So again, we've got all those people, couldn't care less, got all, and then we've got this other really, really much smaller group of people who are being impacted, who, who are educated about this, like yourself. And those people are, uh, are taking, taking the steps. And the danger is when, if, like when one day suddenly you're impacted like I was, that you become obsessive um, and don't because you become obsessive and you become fearful and this all works against mm -hmm. you. Um, so don't do that, people. <laughs> and yeah. it's a question of taking the steps uh, without becoming obsessive. And if you are going to be obsessive about anything, be obsessive about that self-airplane uh, mode and be obsessive about your bedroom, about creating that sleeping low EMF sleeping sanctuary. Those are the only two things if you are going to obsess. But even, even then, you know, uh, but obsessing about this is not going to help you. Yeah. yeah. And the benefit that many people don't realize uh, is that when you are obsessive about airplane mode, you don't charge your phone every day. I charge my phone every two weeks. Two weeks, folks. And it's the rare person who's able to go that long, but you can, I've got the new iPhone, so it's got a bigger battery. But uh, yeah, I mean, so maybe it's, you charge every seven days, but the key, key thing to recognize is that all that energy that you're using up is going to generate these radio frequency fields, which is contaminating your environment. So it's a good thing to do. So Lloyd, my deepest uh, expression of gratitude for all your great work you're an amazing resource people would have to be out of their mind not to go to your site electricsense.com or to pick up a copy of your book and can you tell us the name of your book again yeah practical guide yeah, it's, <laughs> practical. it's quite a long title but that in a nutshell is it emf practical guide yeah, so there's, that's the good one, and it's a real good companion to my book, which is called EMF. It's coming out after yours, uh, but it's a great combo, and there's, there's a number of books out there. A lot of them go into the, I think, in too much depth and detail into the science and the history, which isn't going to give you a lot of practical information, but yours is really, is, is, really is, is the middle name, Practical, which is, you know, we don't have all this time and luxury of figuring out these things out in great detail. You would need what, know what to do when your book focuses on that. So yeah. thank you for putting it together. Thank you for providing very valuable, again, practical, pragmatic resources on your site, especially the, the guide to these meters. I mean, you, you were really the go-to guy that I used for my own book and, and helping people understand the different options they have when it comes to picking out these meters. Because as you said, I couldn't agree with you more. You need a meter. Are you actually you need like three meters because there's for different things. But you when you go into the, your book, I go into mine, so you can we can go into details there. But again, thank you so much. You're you're really a magnificent resource, and I think people need to avail themselves to you. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for the work you've been doing on the EMFs for decades. Thanks no, for the well, work you've been doing on the whole holistic yeah. health thing. Thanks for taking this being rather brave and bold. Um, in your um, standpoint here with what's happening uh, with the world, with information uh, and with uh, Google notably. Um, and yeah, thanks for sharing the truth and being in your truth. And um, thanks for allowing me to share mine. All right, well, great. Well, it's been, it's been a delight to collaborate with you and I appreciate all you're doing. Thank you.